Hey, what's up? It's Sparky. Welcome back to Pie Boy Podcast. So, current events, got some good news tonight. Got negative, second negative result for the baby uh, not having COVID, so that's good. Thankful for that, feeling grateful. It's important to be grateful, help you keep yourself grounded. And this is, especially in a moment like this, so thankful. You got to be thankful for all little things. So start there. Ah, a little bit of recap. So, and it comes up because it's fresh in my mind. We started watching the Star Wars saga again, the original trilogy. Watch all the movies as they're made, like by the dates they're made. So obviously I watched three, the first three. We watched A New Hope. And I didn't put Star Wars in the uh, previous podcast about movies that shaped me. Because I was thinking more when I was younger. And like some of my first memories. And I did tail off in the podcast, but in the writing I, I focus on the actual first movies that I do remember. But I'd say like the next phase when I actually started to really remember movies and know the plots and really understand what was going on would be Star Wars and the original three. Um, obviously, that's all there were for a while. Um, there was other weird offshoot movies like the Ewok movies, which I do like and I haven't watched for a long time. But as a kid, rented them on VHS in the early 90s and was a fan um need to revisit as i'm older but star wars definitely shaped me as far as i'm thinking creative stuff uh the story the storyline um, i loved all the behind the scenes stuff um when i was growing up all this new stuff had come out because they were starting to make the the next trilogy about how darth vader became darth vader and all that kind of stuff and they had all this behind the scene kind of like documentary stuff, but it was in book form and there were little shows, but I like star Wars insider was this magazine that I subscribed to nerd, nerd alert. Uh, what I love and I would probably do it again today. Cause I love it so much. And the, just the story and all the characters, little backstories and mysteries, like the holes you have to fill in, and all the fan fiction stuff. I've talked to so many people about just crazy offshoots of stories. And now they're all, a lot of them are coming um, to Disney plus and like coming to life, which is cool. But I loved all that stuff and knowing um, how George Lucas is, was just this like baby, this little idea and things he wrote about for years. And they came to life. That's so cool love that inspiring so inspiring and people can say whatever they want about star wars movies the newer ones and all the new stuff and content but i just can't understand the negative stuff i'm just so thankful and grateful back to the main point about to have anything from new about star wars for so long we just had the old stuff and the the slightly newer stuff from the 2000s but wow so much so yeah 
that's how Star Wars fits into the previous podcast, even though I didn't write about that. Maybe I'll have to go back into the book um, storyline and put that in there because I did watch it around like nine or ten, and it was actually um, Bad Grammy, Grandpa Curly's wife. So it wasn't like my dad's mom, obviously. This is like his sixth or seventh wife, which is a whole different story, and I'll have to do a podcast about that, which I do talk a little bit later in the book storyline, but I have a podcast of her telling us bad Grammy, telling us all of the origin story, like all she could remember of how she met grandpa Curly. It's pretty crazy, but she turned me on to star Wars because her son, um, uncle Holly is what I'll call him. I really liked it. So he was in between ages of, so my dad was obviously born in the sixties. I was born in the eighties. This dude was born in the seventies. So he's like in between age. It's my dad's um, stepbrother. He was really into star Wars and my cousin, Jesse, who was like the same type age. I was actually on my, the Swain blood. He was big into star Wars too. So it's cool how it all just kind of flowed. Um, but grandma or bad Grammy was the one that showed us. And the first movie I saw was empire strikes back, which I think is my favorite. And it's because it's the very first movie that I saw. And one of the first characters I loved was Boba Fett. And now to have the Mandalorian and all that stuff is pretty cool. And I actually have the slave one ship like figurine ship at my grandma's house. Uh, I'll keep it around for genie someday. But I also, right now I have some micro machines. I don't know if people know what those are, but they're these little like action figures, like but mini size. And I have like mini ships and mini figures that fit in the ship. They're like a couple centimeters bit uh, tall. I have a Boba Fett right now and he's sitting in, Darth Vader's TIE Fighter, which a good segue, the number one favorite character was Darth Vader. I always loved Darth Vader because I was scared of him, but I was also like totally into it too. And the story of that, oh, like when I was messed up, I saw the reveal of Darth Vader being Anakin Skywalker and saying, Luke, I'm your father first before that first movie. So it was really confusing for a while until I got old enough to like comprehend that my frontal cortex forms. And I was able to go back and realize, oh, I didn't watch those movies in order. (laughs) But then I do remember watching the new hope at grandma's. She'd put it on. And always make a big deal about it and not want it. Like, you can't miss this. Like, you're going to love this. And we turn off the lights and watch those movies. And oh, it definitely blew my mind. Still talking about it almost 30 years later. Crazy to think. But getting into the next chapter of this story, my story, not the Skywalker journey, but it could be modeled writing it in such a way the hero's journey it's everybody's journey everybody it's a human beings on the hero's journey in some way or another just trying to figure it out 
Um, chapter 11, it's called Jordan. So I'm, it's kind of a tough subject. I'm talking about like my first friend that I remember lived across the street at my grandma's house. And, you know, like, oh, I got to give a warning about suicide. Um, the story deals with that in the end. And I'd, maybe that's like a spoiler alert, but I feel like that's helpful and kind to say that because it is kind of shocking. Let's be honest. I'll talk more about that, but let's get into this story. There was this boy that lived across from us that I would hang out with. We were the same age and in the kindergarten together um, in the neighborhood, except I was in the AM class and he was in the PM class. I didn't see him um, at school except in passing, but we would play after school often. I remember his cousin was Curtis, a boy a grade or two higher. Later on in grade school, Curtis had blown the doors off the talent show with some very skillful drumming. I had to follow him with my magic show. I was terrible. One of the most humiliating moments in my entire life. I had guts, but I sucked. I practiced a lot, but not for people. I practiced to a wall or I practiced in my room. And sometimes I would, that's a lie, I would practice to my grandparents and my mom and stuff, but not a lot. And that's not an entire school and parents and the janitor and, you know, a lot of people. But I was brave. I felt original because there were no others willing to try magic. I like, I thought it was going to be a hit. I just thought people were going to love it because it was magic, really. Because I love magic. I was wrong. And I was today years old when I realized I'm Phil Dumphy from America's favorite sitcom, Modern Family, because of that story. Anyway... Jordan and I would roller skate, skateboard, play the original Nintendo, talk about shit we didn't understand, and one time he showed me some porn videos that belonged to his parents. Now it makes me cringe a little. I wouldn't want my kids to find a porno tape or magazine, DVD, or websites. I remember feeling very uncomfortable and Jordan giggling. It was dirty. It was a construction worker and some random blonde chick. I remember the dude's hard hat. <laughs> it was so weird to see them having sex. I was not ready for that. I saw the world a little different after that day. Jordan was there when I jumped out of the tree in the side yard next to his house and landed on a board with a big fat nail sticking out of it. The older kids had built forts in this tree. We all played in and around. This older kid uh, taught the two of us to skateboard. He looks like Rufio from the movie Hook in my mind. This older kid laughed at our Ninja Turtle decks and plastic trucks and wheels. His skateboard was legit. Something out of the skate movie, The Search for Animal Chin. 
with the Bones Brigade crew. Tony Hawk and Lance Mountain were my favorite. Walt was Jordan's mom's boyfriend and uh, the stepdad figure. I'm not sure if they were married or just a boyfriend and girlfriend. I, I don't know if that was even Jordan's dad. I think in my mind he's a, the stepdad. I think that's what my mom said. My mom knew. So obviously she was an adult and she talked to them when friends with them. Um, but nonetheless, Walt was this slick Hawaiian dude that mom knew and had hung around with him and his gang of jokers. They ran, they ran around with the same type of crazy people. He was missing teeth from doing drugs and being wild. He was not welcome back in Hawaii because of his antics. That was his personal legend. I'm not sure if he was good to Jordan and his mom, though. They all seemed troubled in my little kid mind. And I definitely don't know in my big kid mind. I knew Walt later in life when he got sober and was helping other people. He was so much different than my little kid memories. He was always nice to my mom and Uncle Scooter. At some point, Jordan and his mom moved to Forest Grove. Him and his family just left one day. That's how I remember it. I'm still not really sure exactly why or what, but I knew it happened fast. I remember being extremely upset and sad about it. I didn't understand why they had to leave. We lost touch completely, Jordan and I. I think my mom knew people that knew the mom still. You'll understand what I'm saying after that. It was the first time I felt lonely and I missed my friend. It's the first time I realized what that meant besides with my family. And this is the hard part. Uh, I learned in seventh grade he had taken his own life. And I'm not sure if that's the right way to say it. Like, I know there's another thing you can say. But I think, I don't know if that's PC. And I know, like, worrying about that kind of stuff is legitimate but like i honestly i don't know and i just that's how it is in my mind and i know it's a sensitive subject so i'd like to learn if it's wrong um he had some major issues with his family life just what from what i can remember it seemed really chaotic My mom had told me he had other problems, too. Problems with people bullying him. He grew up in bad circumstances. I have no idea how much pain he was in, but I'm sure it was bad. Bad enough that he had no other way out. When my mom told me how he died, I was shocked and so sad. I consider him my first friend, like what a friend is. When you like first realize that as a human being, I think that's a powerful thing. I'm not sure if everybody 
can remember that or has taken the time. Maybe you have, I don't know, or take it for granted. But when bad things happen to people like that, it's weird. It sticks with you. That was the first person that was non-family that had died in my life. It affected me greatly. Maybe not as much now, but it's been a long time. Seventh grade. That was like 2001. Maybe it's been 19, 18 years, but something I, I still think about and like sharing it with people that don't know or like aren't expecting that is really shocking. I talked to my wife about it a long time ago. Like, you know, you're getting like you're building relations with people and you tell them your truths. And that's one of my truths that I knew this kid that passed away and he took his own life. And, but I knew him not like that, but I knew him way before that. And it's weird to think of those two times remember those things. I try to remember just the good things. It was such a sad story. I barely knew him, but he was my friend no matter what in my mind. I can't let go of that. That is always there. I can let go of the other part, but the friend part, it's too strong. Some of my first memories of friends. We had, sh we had shared some interesting little kid moments, things that shaped us. I had good laughs and better times with him. He was a spark plug in my mind. I hope he is well wherever he is now. And some people be like, why do you say that? Hmm? His essence is somewhere. I'm talking about him, right? I'm sure he has loved ones that talk about him. That keeps you alive. In a sense, the energy, the legend, the truth. Yeah, it's some heavy stuff. And thinking about suicide, I don't know. People don't talk about it a lot. People that deal with, have dealt with it, or people that have felt those things talk about it. But like people that are kind of third party or on the outside, like me, like, yeah, it happened to somebody, but was I didn't know him at that point. I, didn't, I have no idea what was happening, really. I want to believe I do, but, but I do know bullying is a big problem. I was bullied. A lot of people I knew were bullied. Um... There's all kinds of different bowling going on. Grade school, middle school, different levels. High school, I knew more about that, like hazing. Dealt with that. I can't imagine something that make you go so low. Hurt so bad. I had to do something about it so drastically. But it makes me think, so... I don't know, I haven't, like, I, a big thing, I didn't, I haven't talked to a lot of people about this, but I think the time is now to share stories like this. 
not for credit, but just to open open things up, just show like it's okay to be vulnerable and talk about this stuff and let people know about this stuff. Show that they're not alone in feeling and dealing with these things. But I dealt with it in a weird way as an like later too, when I was in college and it wasn't even people I knew, but two different people when I went to Portland state. And this is like when I first started realizing just like people go, go places, go to dark places. And for some reason of that age of like, after high school into like college, I didn't realize how common it was on my floor. I lived on the 10th floor, the Broadway building. Um, it was a newer building at the time, Portland state campus, 10th floor. Um, I was pretty close with the RAs and different uh, people that lived on the floor and in the building. Um, but people I didn't know. So one day, oh, I think it was, one of the first weeks of school. So this is 2009, like January, 2009, brand new year, new quarter. I think I can't remember if we're on quarters or what, but I'm sitting in my room and all the, I hear all these sirens. I hear like weird, like panic and running and crazy shit in my dorm hallways and like I think maybe that somebody got hit in the crosswalk because that's when like traffic incidents started to go up in Portland that I realized and were in the news more and like crazy shit and like people drove nuts because they're right by the freeway and whatever by Portland State at the top of Portland State campus and I can't remember how exactly I, f I found out, but I either heard somebody talking in the hallway or I found out from like somebody that hung out with the RA who was our friend and like somebody was like a mutual friend of ours from the building. And she told me that somebody had jumped out of our out of their window onto Broadway from the 10th floor of our building and it was devastating not just to me but like everybody that lived on campus especially in our building it was a weird start to school I remember going to class and just being like looking at people like I couldn't talk to people like it was always on my mind and I, I had a hard time making friends I don't know if it was just because of that but like whoa I think psychology 101 was my first class and I the shit I was writing for the um <laughs> I had to cope with the that experience and other things happening at that time in my life but the stuff I was turning in for assignments to it, like, yeah, do you use some of your personal experience and different stuff to answer questions? 
and related to the material and like it was so intense that like the teacher or the professor called me in her office like are you okay like i heard about that like lived on the building like lived in the building on the same floor down the hall from this person i like i don't know if i still don't know if i knew their face or went in the elevator with them i was only a month into school but the story gets crazier so around the same time i don't i can't remember if it happened right after or right before so within the same month another person over winter break so they're supposed to leave and uh, i might be but messing up the timeline of the story or exactly when it happened nonetheless the same ra that we are friends with so he was devastated i forgot to finish that part he was devastated from this person jumping because he knew everybody obviously it's his job but another person was found in their room with a noose like a homemade noose i don't think it was a rope i think it was a belt and hanging in their closet and this guy like i think the parents had called the campus and called the building and like so they called this guy because he hadn't made contact with anybody for like three or four days or something and this dude we knew fucking found him sorry to cuss <clears throat> but found him and oh i like found out again fire trucks or police cars and all kinds of shit showing up like staying in my room like frozen so scared i remember like after the guy jumped that one was more intense because i remember going to the window and looking down like seeing all the stuff but also getting uh not deja vu getting vertigo from looking down and feel like being so sick to my stomach of like looking down and like realizing how far that is and like thinking of like i shouldn't even say like hitting the ground so scary scared the crap out of me <clears throat> i didn't sleep for a couple days and man school was weird after that for a while so weird living there was so weird like i didn't go to that side of the building i promise you for like a month i'd go completely around like a weird out of the way way to get into my building i just had a hard time dealing with that i left a lot i was not there I came home like every weekend, even though I was in Portland and my house, like where I grew up with my parents out in Lost Canyon was not that far, but I like, I had to leave. Like I basically lived there on the weekends. I felt like the place was haunted. I didn't feel any ghosts or anything, but it was just like the feelings haunted me there. They're more intense than with my friend Jordan but it's still like those things linger in your soul it's just <clears throat> patched up now you know like I don't know sometimes I've 
cried about that stuff. I did a lot early on, but then I started talking about it and it helped a lot. It took a lot of pressure off. I don't realize you're holding on to shit like that. It hurts your soul. Throws you out of whack your thinking and stuff. And like, I learned that from listening to podcasts and reading and I read stuff like maybe you've heard like the late heard of it, the language of letting go and daily meditations for men. Like it, it's really not a specific thing. They have them for all people. The language of letting go is for all people. And the men version that I found was actually in a mini library in the neighborhood. So I'm thankful whoever put that in there has got a lot of knowledge. And today was all about creativity. And I think how you are creative in dealing with your problems and like, like a way that that's true is talking about it. Talking and telling the story is creative in itself. And then doing it on a, a podcast is creative. And I think those things are therapeutic. I'm not saying, oh, I'm not tooting my own horn. Like, look what I'm doing. But it helps. I think it could help other people. So I think it's important. Man, I haven't thought about the Portland State stuff or the Jordan stuff in a while. It's like a trifecta, like three weird experiences that taught me a lot and I realize like now as a teacher I hear I've heard stories and different things about students and like I've never had to report it but if I but if I did I would do it no questions asked I would waste no time but I'm here to say I was very shocked to learn those type of stories as a teacher. I wasn't prepared for that. You know, when you're in college, I don't some people might relate to this. You just get an idea of a certain thing and you think it's going to be rainbows and unicorns in your little career and especially as a teacher. And they tried to warn us a little bit about the rough parts of Getting to know humans, basically, especially kids growing up. And we all have our experiences, but to be like an adult trying to help kids going through those things, whoa, that's a whole different experience now. And my experience of what I've dealt with has helped me a lot with talking with kids and trying to relate with kids. Just gives me at the very least a sense of where they're coming from and that's big that's kind of a a rosetta stone it's a way to switch codes and find a common ground i think it's pretty special so i hope that i can help people by just speaking up i think that can give awareness to these type of situations about suicide and what to do and how to deal with it. Like if I've done a lot on my own, but maybe I should have asked for help 
I did, I have talked to people like a, a therapist in the past and talked about those things. It did help. And I feel like confidence to talk about it. I just, I see the value in that. It's a creative thing. Um, back to that little, the book that I found in the mini library in my neighborhood with the daily meditations, which helped me with things like this, helped me to see, give me perspective. Um, the language of letting go is another one um, that I've had for a long time. And it's not specific to the other ones, not just for men, but the language of letting go is where that comes from. This series of meditations about detaching from um, trauma in your life and also addictive substances and addic addictive behaviors and people that cause problems in your life and cycles of energy, all kinds of stuff. And yeah, even suicide help you think about those things, help you deal with those things, what they mean to you. Another weird part, so going back to the father, the father figure and the, the dad and Jordan's life and the person that I saw, well, I had ex an experience with him later in life. So I hadn't seen him since I was probably seven when Jordan moved away. And I don't know where if Walt went with them or exactly what the story was, but the story gives me a little bit of an idea. So I met him later in life. Um, my mom was going to rehab or not rehab. Sorry. She was going to meetings like AA and substance abuse, anonymous type of meetings. And this dude happened to be there again. So I don't know if he ever left Tillamook to be honest, but he got sober and my mom talked to him a lot. She had known him back in the day when he was all screwed up and crazy like her, but then also when they were getting clean and like they were deep down good humans. So I think that's how they connected, but they were doing wild stuff. And I met him later in life when I was 22. So roughly 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago. And I was helping out my grandparents because my grandpa was sick and not really doing great. And I was working in the yard, the front yard where the yuccas are. And my uncle, I'd let the yuccas, his babies get all crazy and way too big, giant, a big problem. And I cleaned them up gladly. It was kind of challenge accepted and it was fun. But Walt had come over and I had seen him around. I didn't say anything to him because I wasn't sure if he remembered me or at least what I looked like. I know he knew my mom. And had been talking to her because he, she told me, and Uncle Scooter, and they're all friends still, and kind of rekindled it. And he came up and was saying all this stuff about being proud of me, heard about me, sports and different things. I think he was involved with, like, he helped out youth uh, boxing, I think was one of his, his kind of redeeming things that he did 
for all the crazy stuff. And he's talking to me about football and asked me about what I was doing with my life and heard it was pretty positive. My mom was really proud. And then he started asking me about drugs and you do this, you do the smack and, and the dope said dope a thousand times. And I know he's talking about like powder. He's talking about powder, cocaine, meth, which was huge meth and cocaine and amphetamines of some sort are huge and the coast still are, but I've been overtaken by pain pills, but still people I'm sure I've heard the stories and heard things in the news, more coverage, their cell phones now there weren't back when I was there, but nonetheless guy was, he said, I won't forget. He said, like, good for you. Good for you. So many freaking times after asking me, like he, it was like, he expected me to be messed up or like have tried hard drugs or got it like too deep on him and like having fun. Cause so people, I feel like those type of people believe that like, Oh yeah, they're fun until they're not. And they think everybody thinks that like, no, I don't think everybody thinks they're fun, man. But I wasn't man enough to say that I was naive and, I don't know. I was expecting him to talk to me about Jordan, I guess. And I was thrown off talking about the drugs and like the good for you shit. Excuse my language, but it was eye opening. And just weird to see this guy after so many years still toothless still wild and I think so he's helping him with boxing and he was also surfing at the Oregon coast which like year round which seems nutty at the very least uh that's I think higher than being like a bull rider or something you're asking for pain I think uh and stress and worry I don't know it's exhilarating at the same time but this guy was doing that and I just have a certain generation like a generation X after boomers and it just boggled my mind that he didn't talk about this kid that I he probably didn't know I cared about him but my mom my mom did and she was so sorry to tell me I remember she cried and I cried and I did cry about that and the Portland state stuff a lot for a while to myself. I didn't share those things. And that was, I don't want to beat myself up and say that was a mistake, but it was a poor choice to not speak out, speak up. I'm not trying to be like a role model or, spokesperson or something but I know it's valuable just to talk about it and like I I took what my mom and Walt were doing like the they were part of their recovery was dealing with demons and different things and it was interesting to see them like over like a summer 
like after like going through these things and facing things and telling me stories about things they're dealing with and it gave me courage later to talk about what I'm talking about now. Like I had to do those things. Like thankfully it wasn't for drugs, but it was for trauma, a common, a common bond through trauma. So that being said, thank you for tuning in. Remember, just talk about stuff, be open, be willing, be encouraging, be flexible, be kind. And uh, I'll see you next time. Happy hunting.